All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Castillo, retired Army Sergeant First Class. I'm here today talking uh, with our, our special host, our guest, I was going to say host, our guest. Um, he is actually uh, my first non-military uh, person out here, civilian. So you guys know the rule that it's, if it's a civilian, they have to impact the veteran community or the military in a certain way like in a, in a substantial way, not just, oh, hey, by the way, hi, I support troops. Not saying that that's bad, but I want people to help motivate and influence the veteran community. And that's how I came across uh, Dr. Uh, Bradley Nelson. He uh, wrote the book on the emotion code, and I'm not going to get too much into that. I'm going to let him get into that here in a little bit, but um, a little bit about how this came up. Um, so it kind of started with I was sitting with my fiance Rachel, sitting on the bed, and I was trying to, because I like to try to plan ahead on who I'm going to have come on the show. So I'm sitting there, and she's like, hey, why don't you have Dr. Brad come on? And I was like, well, okay, well, that's a cool idea. You know, we could do that. So I go on there, and I write on the Facebook, and I send the message, you know, good lengthy message. Cool, sent, got it, done. Now, I'm waiting a couple days, message wasn't seen yet, and I was like, dang it. Okay, so being that I was a being that I was a sergeant first class in the army, I was a platoon sergeant, and we're very uh, resourceful. And if something doesn't work, we find another way. So that's what I did. So I said, okay, let me try a different way. I went into my army mind, and I was like, okay, you know what? I see. Oh, he's got a daughter. I'm gonna write her because she's very active on Facebook. So I wrote her, uh, sent her a message. Boom, the message was seen and sent. And I was like, all right, sweet. So now I'm waiting for her to respond. So she writes me back and says, oh, hey, this is a great pro thing you're doing and stuff. After I gave a little background about the podcast and then she uh, we exchanged a couple of stuff, thanking me for my service and stuff. And she's very nice, by the way, very respectful. Um, gave me the email to um, uh, Dr. Brad's assistant Now I got. And then after I emailed her, um, I waited about a day or so. And then I got a response back and I was like, sweet. Then she sent me a link to get the interview set up. And I had to explain kind of like a pitch on, hey, I think this is why Dr. Brad would be good to come on the podcast show because of his program that he has for Save a Soldier program and what the Emotion Code has done for veterans, including myself. And I'll cover that later on in the podcast on what it's done for me. And then after that, boom, here we are. I have uh, the man who wrote the Emotion Code here on Facebook Live, YouTube. It'll be uploaded on Instagram. All this stuff. So, um, Dr. Nelson, if you want to go ahead and give everyone a little bit of a background about yourself, because it's very extensive and very uh, uh, lengthy, which is awesome. You've done so much stuff. And uh, if you want to go ahead and let everybody know about yourself, uh, go ahead. Well, I I guess I'm getting old. That's why I've done so much stuff. Thanks, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) It's really great to be here. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity um, to connect with the veteran community. Um, You know, it started off really that, um, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I became a chiropractor, um, graduated in 1988, went into practice for myself. And uh, it was really to an-, an answer to prayer for me to go into the healing arts. And when I say that, I, I say that literally, it really was an answer to prayer that I got. And um, when I got into practice, I developed this habit. Before I would work on somebody, I would just take a moment and ask God to help me with that person. And it was a totally private, totally personal habit. Nobody ever knew that I was doing that. But that was a really pivotal, um, important piece of the, the puzzle for me. Because when you ask for help, then you, you get that help. And so I was also trying to learn everything that I could from every, any place that I could. I was studying ancient methods of healing and um modern methods and learning everything I could from every place that I could because my my patients that were coming to me wanted help and I wanted to help them. So I saw people that uh, uh, were of all ages and uh, that had all kinds of things going on. Uh, They had PTSD, they had depression, anxiety, phobias, panic attacks, uh, eating disorders, self-sabotage of all kinds. They had uh, uh, the typical things that people see a chiropractor for like migraine headaches and neck pain and back pain and so on. But I was also working with people who had infertility and asthma, digestive disorders and so on. And so it really ran the gamut. Well, what I found was that all of my patients had something in common. And what they had in common was something that I came to call emotional baggage. Now, we've often used that phrase, right? I mean, you probably used that phrase before, right, Eric? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's usually, we usually use that phrase when we're talking about somebody else. You know, man, that mm -hmm. guy's got a lot of emotional baggage. The thing is, we all have emotional baggage. But here's how this works, okay? Um, we're just now understanding, just now really beginning to understand and comprehend um, how this really functions in our body. So think about this. Your body, even though maybe you might weigh 180 pounds or 220 or whatever, and you look at your hand and that hand is solid and slap it down on the desk and it makes a nice thunk sound. So our bodies seem very solid to us and very 3D, and they are. But what quantum physicists have been telling us for over 100 years now is that our bodies are really made of empty space, and it's hard for us to really wrap our minds around. But some quantum physicists recently figured out that you could, if you could take all the empty space out of every single person's body on Earth, you could put all 7.8 billion of us into a little box the size of a sugar cube, and we would all fit in there. And you could even put more people in there than that. So um, these bodies are literally made of energy and they're almost entirely empty space. Well, think about this. When you go to get an x-ray, okay, what are they doing? Well, they're actually, x-ray is a form of light. It's on that electromagnetic spectrum. So when they're shining an x-ray at your body, uh, they're shining a light at you, essentially, a light that is so so bright, really, so intense, you can't see it. It's invisible to these eyes. But what it does is it goes right through your body and it makes a shadow. Your bones make a shadow. They make shadows on the film and that's how the x-ray actually works. Well, so here's what happens. When you're feeling an intense emotion, when something has just happened, maybe you've just lost someone close to you or maybe something really horrific has happened. Maybe you've done something that's gonna haunt you in your dreams for the rest of your life. The emotional energy that you're feeling, uh, the, the grief, the anger, the resentment, the fear, the panic, whatever it might be, that is actually an energy that you're feeling. It's a vibration. You see, every emotion has its own specific frequency. Now, just bear with me. Think about this. Everything in the universe is energy. Okay? Our bodies are energy. Thoughts are energy. Emotions are energy. So when you're feeling an intense emotion, whatever it might be, What's going on on a quantum level in your body is that you are vibrating at the rate now of that emotion, that frequency. So to give you an idea what this can do, okay, I had a guy that came into me uh, many years ago. He had really severe back pain, low back pain. It was a nine on a zero to 10 scale, 10 being, you know, go to the ER. And he's a nine. And so I started doing some testing with him using the emotion code and found that he had a what we call a trapped emotion, some emotional baggage. The emotion we identified was anger. And I traced it back uh, using muscle testing, which is how we get information from the subconscious. It's actually a very simple process. And I traced it back that this had occurred 20 years before. And he said, immediately he said, oh yeah. He said, I know what that's about. It was a work situation. He was falsely accused of something and he was really, really angry about it. And that emotion was so powerful that it became trapped in his body. Now, when an emotional energy becomes trapped in the body, uh, it's like a little ball, okay? A little invisible ball, in this case, of anger, if you can imagine, right? So this energy is affecting his low back. What these trapped emotions do, and we all have these, what they do is they distort the normal energy field of the body. And that's all the body is. Now, listen, there are many, many doctors all over the world who have said energy medicine is the future. It's the future of healing, right? It's the next thing that's coming. And it's, it's already here. But what happened with this guy, he's really angry. His body can't really process that emotion totally. And so that energy becomes trapped in his body. So now he's got this ball of anger. And I know that's a strange concept, but just bear with me. So I released that trapped emotion of anger by just going, putting a magnet down his back a few times. Instantly, that energy was gone. And guess what else was gone? The back pain was instantly gone. And he can't believe it. And he's bending over and he's twisting this way and that way and exclaiming. And he just, it's like a miracle. And I was grateful that it worked so well. Now think about this. If you're in pain right now, 90% chance that that pain is actually being caused by some emotional baggage that you've picked up somewhere along the line. And that might sound 
strange, but I'm telling you, we've got 7,000 practitioners uh, in 80 countries around the world now. We're all finding the same thing. I've been finding the same thing now for 32 years, okay? It, it, that's just how the body works, okay? Most of the pain we have is due to emotional baggage. So here's the other thing that's interesting, and let me explain why. Uh, this guy, when he, this guy, think about this, he had this ball of anger in his low back. It's distorting the energy field in his low back. And when you distort the energy field of the body continually, 24-7, for years and years, things start to go wrong. And pain is one of the things that manifests because the area of tissue that is within that sphere of energy is constantly feeling that emotion of anger 24-7. And there's this distorting force. So the chemical reactions in, those, in that area, they're being affected to some degree, the blood flow, the lymph flow. Uh, the flow of acupuncture, meridian energy, all that's being affected to some degree. And so that's why these things cause physical pain. But they, they have another effect on us, okay? And he, here's, here's what happened. Um, two days later, this guy comes back in to see me. And he said, Dr. Nelson, my back pain is still gone. He said, I still can't quite believe it. That was really unbelievable, really miraculous. But he said, I, when I came in here, he said, I had another problem I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you'd call a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I got to watch the road rage. He said, I've been to anger management several times. It hasn't really helped me. But he said, since you removed that trapped emotion of anger from me, I really feel different. He said, things that used to set me off don't set me off anymore. I feel kind of just relaxed and kind of peaceful. And he said, I really feel different. He said, how, how did you do that? And at the time I said, well, I really don't know. But think of it this way. And this is cutting right to the heart of how, this, uh, how the emotion code works. And it, it's a strange concept. Most of us, you know, we're all so used to drugs and surgery and so on in Western medicine. And sometimes those are the things we need. But, but there's another thing going on. Think about this guy. He's got this ball of anger in his low back. And after 20 years, it's so bad, he's one point away from going to the ER and ultimately getting surgery on this thing. And we released it by just clearing that one emotion, that one trapped emotion of anger. But think about this. Why was he kind of a rageaholic and why did that change? Well, in his life, when a situation would come along in his life where somebody would cut him off in traffic or whatever might happen, he would become angry. Why? He would very easily become angry because part of his body was feeling that emotion of anger, that frequency, that vibration of anger, because he had that trapped emotion in his low back. So he would fall into that resonance, that frequency much more easily than he otherwise would, see? And so when that emotional energy was found and released, suddenly that area of tissue can breathe, finally, a sigh of relief, but also it changed how he was feeling. And um, we've seen many, many cases like this over the years and, and uh, working with, with some veterans and seeing how powerful this is and the change that this can make with PTSD symptoms was what motivated me uh, when, the, when I got out of practice and um, in 2004 and published the Emotion Code for the first time in 2007, that we started a program called the Save a Soldier Program. And the idea there was that um, anybody could, uh, that we would supply a free ebook, a free copy of the emotion code to anybody um, who was dealing with any kind of a PTSD symptom. Um, and so that program went on for a number of years and uh, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of books went out, a lot of copies went out and, and this was open to anybody anywhere in the world. It didn't matter. Um, didn't have to necessarily be service members from the U.S., but um, but that program worked and uh, we've had a lot, a lot of success stories that have been generated all over the world uh, from people who have been dealing with PTSD. And uh, in fact, we just completed a study on PTSD. Uh, the results of that are going to be published really soon. But uh, I believe we found a 41 percent improvement rate in PTSD, self-reported PTSD symptoms um, within about three weeks of using the emotion code specifically to work on the heart. And we'll probably talk about that in a minute. Right. Um, 
And I, I know for me personally, um, I experienced this uh, emotion code and body code a year ago uh, when I first met Rachel. And I wasn't sure how to process it because of the military. You know, you have to see it to believe it because we go off of facts. We go off of black and white. And it's basically like intel. You're not we're not going to go into a place where there's next to no intel unless we absolutely have to. And it's like where it's like literally like a national like national security type deal where we have to do it. Uh, so when I did this, um, I had a very it was a very powerful and very almost like draining at the same time. And I'll explain why it was draining in a minute. Um, I was going through the, the body and emotion code and I was laying there and she was working on me. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started getting flashbacks. Um, and for those who know, uh, for people with PTSD flashbacks, you know, you get glimpses and images of things and they kind of become overbearing and they come very overwhelming. And I would get those. Um, it wasn't too often, but they would happen from time to time and they just kind of pop in there. But this time it was different because as I would get a flashback coming in, I wouldn't feel a sense of overwhelm because I was in like a meditative state at the same time because she just told me to relax and lay down and close my eyes. So I was kind of like almost like in a, not like a purgatory, but I was in the kind of just like in that deep meditative state. And I was seeing these uh, situations, these scenarios and some of the uh, few very disturbing things that I, that I had to experience uh, while deployed to combat. But it would pop up and it would almost play like a little short film and then it would just fade and go away. And then the next one would happen. It would play and then it would fade and then it would go away. And this went on for about 45, 50 minutes. And some of them played again. And I, I chalk it up now. I was like, well, there was there was still something there that needed to 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 make itself known. That's why it's playing back again. But it was like it was like turning a page. It was like reading a story and then turning a page. And after about the 45 minutes of doing all of that, um, I felt very tired, um, very uh, like almost like a drowsy drunk because it was just so much that uh, I could I could barely walk. And mind you, this is all on like our second date, too. So like we have barely just started dating and she went into town like she was like, you know what? We're going to get this and we're going to we're going to help you. So like she really did a number on me, you know, <laughs> and uh, she was like helping me off of her massage table because this was still in her uh, in her business before she uh, before COVID happened. And she like helped me off of the table. I was like barely walking. I didn't know what was happening. My head felt I felt lighter, but like I couldn't walk. My body felt like it was confused. Ever. And mind you, this was like at eight o'clock at night, eight thirty at night or something like that. And at this time I was living uh down in uh I believe I was in Salem living with my best friend at the time, uh, because I didn't have a place to stay. I was almost homeless. Uh and she was like, No, she's like, You're just gonna sleep at my house, you know, because there's no way I'm letting you drive. And I was just like, What I could drive, you know. I look, I felt like I was just like a <laughs> <laughs> like I drank a bunch of alcohol. So like I ended up sleeping at her house and then we talked about all of this stuff uh, afterwards. And like, I just explained, uh, I explained everything afterwards. It's like, even when I got to her house, like I laid down and I was out, it was just sleep. There was nothing for me to do. It's just, I just passed out. I just like, I don't even remember coming into her house. That's how much stuff was released from me. And then um, that's when I kind of was like, okay, I I don't know what's happening. I don't I don't understand it. Like you need to explain what you did because I don't know. I feel a lot better. And at that time, I was still part of the Veterans Treatment Court uh, here in Oregon, in Hillsborough, in Washington County. And even they were seeing like, what happened to you? Like you know, you were kind of like on edge, you know. And then after about a because I would have to go there every other week. So after about two weeks, they were like, Eric, what what have you done? And I was like, I didn't do anything, you know? And they're like, no, you've done something because you're not on edge. You're not ready to like attack someone and go on defense mode 
you know, or ready just to pounce on someone when they speak. And I was like, well, this is going to sound crazy when I say this, but, <laughs> you know, and uh, I explained to them the whole thing. I gave them the, the pamphlet to um, to Rachel's uh, business, Azimi Wellness Center in Indigenous Sovereignty, which I'm actually a certified life coach now, and I work with her now there. So now you can get like a double package. You can work with me and you can work with Rachel now doing that stuff. Um, but they were like... Uh, like, okay, what is this? We might have to explore this because if we they could take someone like you and completely turn them around, you know, we might want to explore this some more. And I'm actually going to be talking with them here in a couple of weeks to try to uh, introduce this into uh, the veterans treatment court system to where they'll work wow. with Rachel and I exclusively and we'll work with those veterans one-on-one -on -one and they'll get, they'll get uh, coaching and healing from both of us since I was in the program and that's what that program is lacking. That's you know, they fantastic. They don't have that. So like, I think this would actually help them. And a lot of the guys, you know, they have alcohol problems. They have drug problems. Um, there was a few, there was a couple of guys like me who didn't have either. Um, it was just PTSD and triggered. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like one or two guys that were in there with that same modality. And then one of my buddies now, good friend of mine that I met him in uh, one of the other, uh, classes I was going through. His name's Dylan. Uh, he's going to be going into that same treatment program. And I know that'll help him too, because he's, he was a Marine and he's, you know, he's gone through some things and I know this stuff will help him also. But uh, once I saw that, I was like, Oh, save a soldier program. I started reading it and stuff. I actually have the book and I read it. Some of the stuff I'm still kind of like, ah, my military brain is like, okay, I don't, I can't physically see what's going on here. You know? So, <laughs> so my, my military mind sometimes is like, and I'm like, no, stop it because it works. Leave it alone. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay, you know, that's fine. And then, um, and then also what kind of worked with that too. And it's kind of like a double, her mom, uh, actually kind of jumped in on this, uh, thing too. And her sister. So I was kind of getting it three different ways here at one point. Um, I would get double teamed with Rachel doing her vibrational sound therapy with, uh, sound bowls from Tibet. And then her mom would be working on me with emotion code. And that's a whole nother draining. I was even more drained doing that the first time than Rachel working on me by herself. So like that was a whole nother thing, you know? So like bringing all this stuff to the veteran community, I think would be great. And I know you wanted to talk about the, you mentioned the heart wall and I had mine released and that was, I, again, that was, again, I got, I don't even know how to explain that part again. It's just, I just know, like, I feel like it feels like my chest was lighter almost. Like, it was yeah. just kind of just like a, <sighs> you know, like, whatever that was. It, it felt like, I guess, to compare it, it felt like I took off my heavy ass rucksack after a 12 mile road march and I just yeah. took the clips off and it just fell off, which is what we do afterwards. There's like these little buttons and clips and you unclip them and the rucksack just falls off. That's what it felt like yeah. after doing that. So, if you want to touch on what that is, so that way some of these vets here can understand what's going on with that part. How, yeah. how that ties in and helping overall also with that. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, it's hopefully you're sitting down because uh, what we're going to be talking about here is, uh, is really cutting edge uh, information. And uh, it really goes back to the 1960s when doctors first started doing heart transplants. It didn't take long before people who had had a transplant would come back to the doctor and they would report these strange things. They would say how, you know, my, uh, uh, my taste in food has really changed. Now I crave this certain kind of food. Or they would say, you know, I used to not really care about sports, but now all of a sudden, since I got this new heart, I'm a huge baseball fan. I go to all the games. I think about it all the time. Or they would say, you know, my handwriting has totally changed now since I got the heart transplant. Can you explain that? In every case, when these people were connected with the families of the heart donors, what they would find is, well, yes, that's our son's handwriting that you have. And how is that possible? That's really weird. Or they would say, yeah, our daughter was a big baseball fan and now you are too, but you weren't before. How strange is that? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people would even inherit uh, with that heart, they would, they would have memories 
uh, of being in places that they never in their lives had ever visited. And they would find out when they connected with the family of the donor, well, yes, you know, our daughter used to go to Rome every year and now you have memories of being there. Well, those must be her memories. I mean, I'm telling you, this is um, fascinating stuff. And there are whole books written about this. It's called Cellular Memory. Well, um, the ancient peoples believed the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance and really the core of our being. And in the West, uh, we've never really given any credence to those old ideas. We've just thought that that was just poetic license on the part of those ancient peoples because we know that the heart is just a pump. But it wasn't until the 1970s that they discovered that the heart is actually full of gray matter and white matter, which is what the brain is made of. And then they did a study and they were looking at the nerves that carry information from the brain to the heart. They were looking at those nerves and actually measuring the activity level. And what they found was the vast majority of the messages were actually traveling not from the brain to the heart, but from the heart to the brain, indicating that the brain that is in our heads is obeying the messages that's being sent by the brain that is in our hearts. So think about this. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like your heart was being broken? Um, you ever felt like were you ever really feeling deeply hurt or deeply grieved about something. And those physical sensations that we refer to as heartache or heartbreak, those are very real. And it can feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you're, like you're choking, like you can't breathe. When you're feeling those kinds of feelings, your heart is really under assault. And so what will happen is in most cases, the subconscious mind will start to build a wall around your heart to protect your heart from being totally broken because the heart is the, the core of who you are, right? And it's a very delicate uh, organ. It needs to be protected. So what we find is that 93% of people have put up a wall like this around their heart. Now, of course, as veterans, you know, so many of you are uh, well aware of combat and the symptoms of combat and post-traumatic stress, but it isn't just from combat that you can get post-traumatic stress symptoms or build a heart wall, right? And so one of the very first people that came into my office after we discovered this heart wall phenomenon was a 38-year-old nurse. And uh, as I was talking with her, she told me she'd come in to see me because of this severe neck pain that she had that she'd seen a couple of doctors for and they hadn't been able to help her. So as I was talking with her, she told me that she was 38 and she was single and she was um, going to be single the rest of her life. She was never going to date again, she said. She, she hadn't dated in eight years and she was dead serious and she was an attractive uh, person. And I said, well, why do you feel that way? Uh, why are you going to be single the rest of your life? That seems kind of unusual. And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. Well, I checked her and she had this heart wall that had been put up. Now this wall, it's almost like a force field. It's an energy um, that is made from these layers of emotional baggage. And so I checked her. She had this wall around her heart, three emotions making up this wall, three layers. Each of those emotions had gotten trapped in her body when she went through the breakup eight years before. And so I started releasing these and it just took probably 10 minutes to release these three layers. And all of a sudden that last emotion was gone. That wall around her heart was gone. And all of a sudden the neck pain gone, mm. completely gone. And uh, she was thrilled mm. and left the office feeling fine. And I didn't see her again for three months. And when she came back in, I'll always remember this. Um, I saw her in the hallway and I said, Hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? What's going on? She said, you know, my, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me. And that really works. Because she said, about two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating. And we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I thought, <laughs> wow, what a shift, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, are, there are so many interesting stories. Um, you know, we have about 10,000 of these, um, but just a couple. Um, this is from a, um, a woman named Danae Herring. She said, about three years ago, my boyfriend Michael and I were hiking in Devil's Lake in Wisconsin. 
He fell 85 feet straight down off of a cliff. He miraculously made it and healed physically the hospital, but it was clear to me he had emotional scarring from the accident. In regards to myself, I also walked away with severe anxiety and PTSD. This is when I was introduced to the emotion code. I immediately connected with it and dove in headfirst by reading the book in a couple of days and then beginning my healing journey. With the emotion code, I have eased Michael's panic attacks, lessened his anxiety, and helped him refrain from getting extremely overwhelmed and stressed during daily life. For myself, my anxiety is almost non-existent and I no longer suffer from PTSD that the accident caused. Uh, so there, there are many, 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 many stories like this. And um, we have stories where, um, for example, uh, one of the stories I was trying to find, but I couldn't find it here. Uh, there are so many of these to sift through. But it was written by a woman who wrote about her husband who came back from uh, a tour of duty over there in, um, uh, I believe, in Afghanistan. And he was not the same guy. Um, you know, major PTSD symptoms, depression, anxiety, um, easily triggered by all kinds of things, you know, loud noises in the night, the whole thing. And he was just, um, just not the same guy that left and, um, and went on the tour. And so she started working with him using the emotion code. And she wrote a wonderful story about how um, it's all just melted away for him. And the beauty of this is that it's not a drug. I mean, Drugs can help temporarily, and it's a godsend, I'm sure, that we have them. But, uh, you know, I've met veterans myself that have been on 14, 15 different medications. When you get on more than three medications, you have no idea what the uh, drug interactions are really going to be. And all of those things are really just suppressing the symptoms of PTSD. But those symptoms are there because that's your subconscious mind trying to tell you there's something else that needs to be done. There's something else wrong. There's baggage that needs to be released. So that experience that you had, uh, Eric, that you shared is, a, is just a beautiful example of how this can easily take the charge out of those events that you went through. And that's really what this does. It's, you can think of it that way. It's like taking the electrical charge out of things, uh, the energetic, emotional charge out of those experiences so that the memories are still there. If you think about things, you mm -hmm. can remember. It's not like we're removing your memories. It's just taking the charge out of those things so that they don't bother you anymore. And, um, and that's really what this is about. So the heart wall, um, everybody that I have seen that has been dealing with PTSD to any, any uh, uh, intense level always has a heart wall. And when that wall starts to be taken down, then we start to see some major shifts happen. We just did a study recently that's going to be published soon where um, uh, within about three weeks time of working on uh, having a person get worked on and having that heart wall taken down, um, people were reporting 41% improvement within three weeks of their PTSD symptoms specifically. And so, um, so we're starting to get the data now to back up what we're doing. And um, it is a very, very different kind of, uh, of healing. It's not drugs and it's not surgery. But if you're tired of taking drugs to suppress your symptoms, uh, then this is really something that you need to take a look at because it's actually really, really simple. And even children uh, can do it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, – and it's true. And I know for uh, uh, Rachel's mom actually was the one that started working on my heart wall. And, and it, she, you know, they're all Native American. So they have like they're the way that they do things. And she was actually able to tell me what was blocking my heart, my heart, actually. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, she has this funny laugh when she comes across something. It's like a very, very infectious laugh. And she's like, Eric, and she's laughing and she's like, do you know what's in front of your heart? And she's like, I'm like, no. And she's like, well, what was your job again in the army? And I was like, well, I was a field artilleryman, a cannon crew member. And she just starts laughing. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, there is literally battalions and battalions and battalions of tanks in front of your heart. They're stacked <laughs> super high. They are so far. And she's just like, 
this is going to take some work. <laughs> She's like, you just like Fort Knox. You don't want anyone getting close to your heart. And I was like, I didn't even really realize it until she said that just because of how my heart was crushed, you know, a couple yeah. of times. And I was like, well, I guess and it took a few. It didn't happen like all in one go. It, it took a couple of sessions to do. Um, and it was actually Rachel who kind of cleared out the rest of the tanks, if you will, you know, because it was just a couple mm-hmm. left. And it was her that cleared them out. And it's just the sense of just like how you were talking about just the relaxation and just how everything's just not as charged. And the memories are still there. Yeah. Um, and those are those are those aren't going to go away. And sometimes uh, for especially for veterans, um, even though the charge isn't there, sometimes just depending if something catches you off guard. The charge will, will, will like plug it in a phone. It's like boom, and you get that instant charge. But mm-hmm. the difference is now it doesn't sit there anymore, um, yeah. unless it's something completely that is like untreated. And uh, I actually had an incident uh, to where it was on the sixth of July, and uh, <clears throat> I'm good with fireworks. I don't have a problem with them, um, unless there's like ca- kind of like caught off guard a little bit. And I had two of them actually. Two things happened. The, and I'll give both examples. This is before emotion code, and then I'll give one after. So I was uh-huh. uh, 4th of July, I believe it was 2019, maybe. I got to go home to California, and we we're sitting there. I was with my family and stuff, and my stepfather, well, ex-stepfather, um, we still talk and stuff. He has, like, these air pistols, like, with little yellow rubber r- airsoft guns. And it was, uh-huh. I was kind of shooting them, you know, kind of. We were all having fun, playing around. And uh, this was on the 4th of July, but it was daytime outside. And uh, we were shooting, like, cans and stuff. And I was like, oh, let me see. And I was, like, hitting all the cans. They're like, hey, it's not fair. You do this for a living. Da, da, da. And they were all, like, teasing me and stuff. And then out of nowhere, uh, it was, like, one of the loud – it was, like, an M80 or something. A loud boom happened. <laughs> and I completely shifted. I stopped. I turned to where the noise was going. And I had both air pistols pointed. And I was walking in the direction – of where the sound came from mm. about halfway through the yard. And then I kind of stopped and I was like, shook my head. And I was like, yeah, oh. you know, and I turned around and I looked at everybody and everyone was like frozen looking at me, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I had like two pistols in my hand. They were air. They looked real. even though they were airsoft guns yeah. and they were all looking at me. And I was like, sorry, you know, I was like my bad. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize what was going on. And then uh, to kind of crack the ice a little bit, uh, my my stepfather goes well. If someone wants to come over here, they're going to be in a world of hurt because Eric will mess them up, you know. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened there. Um, and it took a long time to kind of come down from that mode. So for like the rest of that day, I was kind of on edge, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just I, I I pushed the air pistols aside because I didn't want to have that happen again. But I was constantly now I'm looking at the doors, I'm looking at the yard, I'm yeah. I'm I'm all over, I'm on high alert now. Yeah. Um. Now this past. 4th of July, 2020, I was here uh, in Vancouver with Rachel and no problems. 4th of July was great. We watched them. Now 6th of July comes around. Uh, I'm outside with my service dog, uh, Kenobi. And um, all of a sudden, it was like a loud boom that happened again. Except uh, this time, I complete, everything completely shifted and changed. I felt like I wasn't even in the backyard. And I started taking like a precaution of where we have this big bush and it kind of curls around the corner to the back to the shed. Um, so I was kind of like, I went into that mode and even my dog was right next to me. So he, at, the, at one point he was even acting like a military working dog at, mm-hmm. at one point. And I was against the bush and I'm looking and I'm peeking over and it's like, I'm fizzling in and out between uh, desert environment and backyard. Rachel's inside. She kind of knows what's going on, but is doesn't want to come out and i found this after she didn't come out because she didn't want to be caught in anything um until everything kind of died down and i look over and i'm pretty sure i saw like a black silhouette figure kind of thing and i went over and i looked again and i looked at my dog and i was like here we go and i went around the bush and i charged after it through the through the little narrow backyard and then it like vanished and like completely disappeared and I was like, I kind of stopped and I was like, and I was going to grab, I went to grab it by like its neck. So I reached out to grab it and it's like, I grabbed nothing and it disappeared. Um, and I kind of walked back and I was kind of outside still walking and I was still kind of whatever, you know, not really sure what was happening. And then my dog, he picked up and then 
what he does is to kind of snap me out of it. He goes completely insane. He starts running around. He starts jumping at my leg. He starts jumping at my chest to kind of snap me out of that mode. Um, and it snapped me out of that mode. Took about a couple of minutes because he was like running around the yard and he like running. He'd like jump on me. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, like, and then it kind of like jarred me out of that state of mind. And um, after a couple of minutes, that's when Rachel came outside and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just didn't expect any of that. So it's just, I thought I was good, but I was not. And we actually had to go do some work on that to kind of mm -hmm. just re release that. And even, even from my dog too, because I know you can, you can work on animals as well. You can. So, and he absorbs a lot from me uh, energetically. So like she had to work on him you know, so so that way he can be focused on me. And it was just uh it was just to show that like this is to highlight the fact that it does it does work. It's just there's always there will always be a situation to where you're not prepared for. And that's when you have to go do the extra work, and that's what we did. And it's like now once doing all that stuff, it was I didn't have anything specific like that happen in a in a combat environment to where I was on an alley and none of that happened. Mm -hmm. But that was just something that I prepared for mentally that mm -hmm. could have happened. So it's not the fact that it didn't yeah. happen. And in a veteran's mind, we go through those different scenarios. We go through like, okay, well, what about this? Uh, okay, so if this happens, I got to do this. If this happens, and we play through all these things in our head, and we mm -hmm. do them as leaders as we plan. Now, yeah. nine out of ten of those don't happen. But what I was doing is, was is I created a scenario in my head when I was deployed back in 2000 or that could have happened that never did not even close but it was just a scenario that we had to cover so i replayed that and because of the now doing emotion code work with rachel and her mom and her sister and now being able to understand why that happened where before it was just more like just like a, oh well it's just a whatever now being able to connect those dots um i'm able to get the right help and yeah. At that point, too, like there's a, and it's not just that, like in that mode, you got to have someone there who can kind of reel you back in a little bit. And that's mm -hmm. what Rachel did. She had to remind me what day it was, where I was at. Um, uh, I'm outside, you know, Kenobi's right next to me. And she had to do a whole bunch of things to remind me that I wasn't in the military anymore and that I was actually here on U.S. soil and not in a foreign land. So that right. took some time, too. Right. So like now when you incorporate all that stuff together. So now once you go through something, you know how to deal with it. So now mm -hmm. if that were to happen again, almost bet to believe 9.9 .9 out of 10, that that exact situation won't happen again because I've already dealt with that. Right. Well, you know, the, um, the interesting thing about these, uh, these trapped emotions is that um, as you release them, uh, you, eventually you get to a point where it's almost like stepping out of this old suit that you've been wearing. Um, and you step into this, this new state of being that's uh, much closer to who you really were intended to be, or in many cases who you used to be before mm -hmm. you went through all of the trauma. And so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's exciting stuff. Let me, let me share a story with you. This is a, um, from a woman named, uh, let's see, Carol. She said, I worked with a Bosnian woman uh, named Nermina who was having pain and anxiety as a result of PTSD from experiencing and living through the war in Bosnia. She had many nightmares and flashbacks. After doing the emotion code with her, we were able to release many of the trapped traumatic memories from her body. She's become so much more self-aware and peaceful. Her nightmares have stopped. And she has less pain. We're still working on her headaches. But uh, so, you know, th this isn't something that you just that you do one time. Mm -hmm. However, every trapped emotion that you release is gone permanently. And um, and, and sometimes the results of that can be really dramatic. Uh, and even kids can do this. You know, um, there was a woman that told me this story that I, I'll share with you guys Um she um, she said that she bought the emotion code book and the book on audio and started reading it and listening to it. And her son picked it up and he started reading it and listening to it. And he started practicing with his friends and she didn't pay much attention. But a couple of weeks later, the phone rang 
And she answered the phone and the woman on the other end of the phone line identified herself as the mother of one of this woman's son's friends. And she said, listen, she said, my son has a severe phobia of water. And uh, you can have a phobia to anything, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, he's had it all of his life. And we've tried everything to fix it. We've taken him to everybody we can think of. Nothing has ever helped this. She said, right now, I'm at the community pool. She said, my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his whole entire life. She said, your son did this. How is this even possible? What in the world is he doing? And those two boys are only 11 years old. See, so that's how easy this can be. Right. And, you know, we all have emotional baggage, but if you've been through, you know, if you've, if you've been on a tour of duty and you've, you've experienced things that, that most people don't have to experience then there's emotional baggage there that most people don't have, but you can find that baggage and you can release that baggage. And, um, uh, and like you were saying, you know, just jettisoning, uh, you can jettison that pack and you feel lighter. And that's one of the things people often report when they get this work done, they often say, yeah, you know what? I feel a lot lighter now. And um, in fact, my favorite story there was uh, one of our practitioners went, went to a woman's house to work on her. And she ended up working on her little boy, who I think was 10. And as soon as she got done working on him, he got up and he bolted out of the room. And he came back a minute later uh, and with this puzzled look on his face. And his mom said, are you okay? And he said, well, he said, I don't understand. He said, I weighed myself this morning. And I, I, I know exactly how much I weighed then. And he said, I know I need to be at least 10 pounds lighter now. But he said, I weigh exactly the same. He couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> right. uh, so as we as we bring this up to wrap it up here, um, if there was a Dr. Brad, if there's a message for veterans that you want to leave with the veterans here, the veteran community, uh, what what message you want to leave for them in regards to this specific uh, healing modality right here? Well, <clears throat> I'll try to do this and, and not get emotional. Um, my, my whole life and all the experiences that I've had in my life have brought me to this point to be able to share this information with the world. Um, this information, the emotion code, uh, it, it's, it's coming down as a gift really um, to you because there is so much that you can do. You know, uh, every man, woman, and child on this planet has the ability uh, to heal, to do a lot of healing for themselves. Unfortunately, we're living now in a system where um, we're, we're conditioned and propagandized really to believe that, um, uh, that only drugs um, can help us. But I'm telling you right now, uh, energy medicine is the future. And the easiest and simplest form of energy medicine that's ever been devised is this emotion code. And and I'd love to take credit for it, but it, it just came through me um, because we all have a father in heaven who loves us and who wants us to be well and wants us to be healthy. And um, these PTSD symptoms are caused by emotional baggage, by trapped emotions. And so if you're dealing with them, please, please, um, please take a look at this. You can go to discoverhealing.com. And uh, you can right at the top there, you can uh, you can download our motion code starter kit gives you the first couple of chapters of the book. You can, of course, get it on Audible. You can get it on Amazon. Um, It's available in, you know, all of the bookstores and so on. But um, just have an open enough mind to check this out, because we are seeing such amazing, amazing results with this, with PTSD. And um, so. When opportunity knocks, you know, you, you want to answer that. And if you're, if you're dealing with these symptoms, I'm telling you right now, in, in as little as a month or so, um, your whole life can really be in a new place. And um, it can be, you can, you can do this yourself. You can do this yourself. You can work on yourself if you want. I mean, I think the book is maybe $20 or so. Uh, you can get the book on Audible, listen to the book. You'll learn how to do this yourself and you can do this yourself and not have to spend any money really except just getting the book. Now, 
If you want to have someone work with you, that's totally fine. We have people uh, in 80 countries around the world. And um, by the way, this work is done at a distance uh, as well as live and in person. It works the same because it's true energy medicine. So there's really no barrier of distance. And it also works with animals. And that's a great proof of this work that it does work with animals. They experience emotions and that they develop emotional baggage. And so you can, uh, you can help your pets and your, uh, and your animals as well. So my advice is just be open, try this out. And it may just um, really amaze you how powerful this is. So thank you for listening. It's really, it's such an honor really for me um, to speak to all of you. And I want to thank you for all of your, uh, uh, for all the service and all the sacrifice that you've given this great country. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Brad. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, the way that was said um, for those guys and girls, veterans, um, I, I'm telling you off a firsthand experience. Uh, I'm here, you know, when I probably shouldn't have been. So take a look at it. You can reach out to me um, and I can put you in contact with Rachel. She does it. Um, she works with me. If you want her to work with you and she digs deep and will will pull the stuff out of you. Uh, and we'll pull things out and just get really, really deep in there and, and pull those trapped emotions out and uh, kind of put you at ease with uh, with some of the stuff um, that you guys go through. So uh, you can reach out to me or you can reach out to Rachel directly or you can get the book like Dr. Brad said and do it yourself. Um, he explains everything step by step or as we say in the, in the military, uh, Barney style by the numbers, how to do it. You know, very simple on how, how it goes. Um, so, again, everybody, thanks for uh, watching this here. Um, I put the uh, link for Discover Healing down there on the banner at the bottom. Um, don't forget to follow, subscribe, like this page, share this page. Uh, it's also on YouTube as well. It's on Zemi Wellness Center's Facebook page and their YouTube page. It's all around. So just... Uh, Share, if anything, share this video. If you know a veteran, share this video with them. Have them watch this and then have them get in touch with me or someone so that way we can help because, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And in the, in the veteran community, you know, 22 a day is, is too much. And we need to go ahead. We need to knock that number down. So, um, Dr. Brad, thank you for coming on and speaking today, explaining what Emotion Code is and the Save a Soldier program and, uh, and uh, kind of just – being available and allowing this platform and allowing me to speak as well on some of my experiences also. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. See you guys next week. Tune in to who we'll have next week. You'll just have to wait and see. So uh, everybody have a good day. Uh, again, Dr. Brad, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much. All right. See you guys.